Welcome to the Normal to Nomad podcast, where we share stories, thoughts, ideas, and conversations on our journey to find balance with nature in a technologically advanced world. My name is Baron, And I'm Elsa. We live together in a 13-foot scamp trailer with our dog camp in the American wilderness. Welcome back to the Normal to Nomad podcast. Today, we're going to give you an update. We've kind of had a lot going on lately. Yeah. Unexpectedly. Kind of a lot and nothing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot has forced us to not be able to do anything. But fun times. It's winter. It's so, we, so winter right now. And it just all of a sudden became that. Oh my gosh, yeah. A week ago, my video shows us walking in the dirt. Barefoot. Like, no shirt on. And now, completely different story. It's amazing. We have two feet of snow plus, And it's been pretty crazy. So, we're just going to talk about kind of all kinds of things that we've been dealing with and considering. and We might kind of go all over the place. It's just a general update. And rambling. Uh, telling of our story over the last week. Thanksgiving week. And we're giving ourselves permission to just geek out because people seem to like the longer form podcasts while they're doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, and you have a lot of information in your brain. Yeah. We're just kind of going to do a general update of everything that's been uh, going on. Yeah. So to start, we're in Central Oregon. Close to the Cascades. It's beautiful, and we've been here for just over a month or so. In the area, the general area, yeah. And up until now, it's been kind of exactly the climate that we enjoy. High desert, pretty dry, lots of sun. It's really perfect, aside from the trees are so big that it's hard to get solar. But we found some great spots. Yeah. So we have been able to get as much solar as we can. It's been interesting in Oregon. The I've never been this north during the winter. So the sun is so low in the sky throughout the day. And I know, like, that happens in the winter in Kansas and stuff. It's not like we're that much more north, but the sun is so, truly so different than I've ever seen it in the winter. I think part of it, too, is where the mountains are in relation to us. Like, yeah, true. It come, the sun comes up over buttes off in the distance and mountains, and then it sets behind the taller mountains within this mm-hmm. part of the Cascades. It's kind of like we're in a valley, but we're not. No. But you know, when we were in Colorado last year, we were so high that that also gave the illusion maybe that the sun was at a different position. Right. And in Kansas City... And it depended on our our elevation and our position in regard to where the mountains were. Mm -hmm. Because when we got up close to the base of the mountains, then it seemed like the sun set super early. It's so fascinating that this affects us so much now because for most of my life, I never, ever thought about the sun position. And mm-hmm. now it's crucial that we um, kind of know what's going on and that we're aware of it. Yeah. So, the, so getting into this area, it's been beautiful for the last however long we've been here. Perfect. And then in the forecast, it said it was going to snow. And it said three to six inches per day for, what, three days, something Mm -hmm. like that. And it said up in the Cascades, it would be 10 to 20 inches. So, okay, fair. Those are the mountains. That's the mountain range. Didn't, I mean, how often truly are storms ever as bad as the weather people say that they'll be? Truly. Not a lot in my lifetime. So I went to town the morning of the predicted storm to get some groceries and um, stock up on, like I got some compressed logs and some more supplies for my crafting, just so yeah, that we were all good. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because Thanksgiving was the day after, two days after. So, um, got back. You had been kind of using the battery to play World of Warcraft and uh, neither of us anticipated the gravity of the storm that was gonna hit that night and the following day. and. In, I think, 24 hours, we got about 20 inches of snow, and it was unbelievable. Maybe even more than that. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I didn't want to overestimate because... But we're sitting at, realistically, about two feet. And I know people estimate snow pileage about like they estimate their fish. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly where my head went. But it's (laughs) seriously like two feet of snow. To my knees. Yeah. It's insane. I've never experienced snow like this. 
I've yeah. seen snow like this in toward the end of winter in Breckenridge and stuff. Like after accumulation, mm -hmm. but this is just uh, like two days of snow and we have two feet of snow. But we were for the most part prepared. It was kind of hilarious. Um, Baron has had these epic, massive mountaineering snow boots um, yeah. for the whole time that we've been in the scamp. Just for like like just in case like this kind of scenario is why i had those boots and i would always have to justify it to also like why do you still have these and i was like just in case you know like i need to hike out 10 miles to get somewhere or whatever but we never not no, even close not even once. ever needed them so we left them in kansas city i think you were gonna sell them because they're just for general there's almost no need for those boots they're like well for mountaineering they're great and they're like a step above the ones that I would like to have as far as like badassness. It's like niche sport boots. Yeah. Right? Kind of. But you can, there's still great snow winter boots, but they're incredible. Anyway. Left him in Kansas City. So yeah. Baron, all he had were his tennis shoes and his flip-flops. So at first you were going around like, as before the snow really, really accumulated, going around just in your flip-flops. Mm -hmm. I have a well, shot. Well, mostly just to, like, not track in snow and get my uh -huh. shoes all wet. Because if I would have worn my tennis shoes, uh, they would have just gotten soaked. Uh-huh. You were um, drying your feet, dripping feet up by the fire in one of my shots <laughs> for the video. But that has been an issue, is the front door area either is sopping wet from melted snow or completely iced up because we have a huge gap in the bottom of our door. And this, as the ice melts, or as the snow melts, it creates icicles that like push the door open further. <laughs> so we've been having to break the ice off the door every day. Every morning I have to kick it open. It's kind of funny. The night of the storm, or sh where should we go next? <laughs> I guess we're talking about my shoes. So um, that night, this guy Josh on Instagram messaged me saying how much our content and stuff has helped him out. And he donated like 180 bucks. That's a lot. Yeah, it was incredible. And it was like right on time. So then I used that to go get a pair of snow boots. Mm -hmm. And I got bogs just like Elsa. It was the day of the storm, the day after I went to town to get groceries and stuff. Um, a family that we know who also lives in their camper, um, we've just met them kind of around the, these back roads and stuff. They drove in in their truck to check on us to make sure we were solid. As the snow kind of started to pile up, mm -hmm. right? So um, they recommended driving on the road as the snow was coming down to make sure there were tracks so that we could get out later. Uh, so we followed them out. Baron drove. And that's something that I've never really thought about is when you plow your own road or have to plow your own road to uh, like keep driving on it as the snow falls so that you can get in and out. That was a new experience for me. So we followed them out and... And it was nice having them just in case we did get stuck so they could pull us out. But we didn't, thank goodness. Managed to get into town. We did fill up our gas tank just in case we uh, needed to charge our batteries in the car. And that is when you picked up a pair of Boggs boots. Yeah. Thank goodness. Then yeah, finally incredible. you could go outside and walk camp and like do things outside. Yeah. Because before the snow was just so deep that if you walked outside, we hadn't shoveled any pathways or anything um, in front of the scamp. So your ankles and pants would just have gotten soaked. So mm -hmm. that morning I had a blast uh, shoveling. Shoveling, <laughs> shoveling snow. It's been really fun. We are like little ants. We have pathways. Do you know everywhere. the brand of our shovel? It's like life something. No. I'll leave it in the show notes, but um, it's a collapsible shovel and it's been super clutch. It's kind of designed after the uh, avalanche shovels that collapse so you can like put them in your backpack or whatever. But that guy's been clutch. That's how we dug out. We got stuck coming back from town that day uh, and slid out and got stuck. So you had to dig us out a few times. And we don't have snow tires on the Subi because our studded snow tires that maybe have a little bit of life left are in Colorado. We were thinking after we got the car repaired, because we didn't know if the car repair was going to cost us, you know, thousands of dollars. Because the first place that we took it to said that it was going to. So we didn't want to buy tires and then have to like sell the car and swap it if the transmission was bad or whatever. So 
we were kind of waiting on snow tires and then it dumped on us. So we're just with like pretty old tires trying to navigate through two feet of snow. Thank goodness we have all wheel drive. Yeah, it's been um, pretty difficult. So then we went ahead and ordered snow tires. And you did quite a bunch of research with yeah. Daniel. Mm -hmm. And I have been doing research for like the whole time that we've had the car. Because we've got a, what's the deal? We want all season tires because yeah. we're always on back roads and stuff. So ideally, if you have the storage space, I think the best way to do it, and most people aren't spending as much time off-road as we are. So if I were, if we had a house still or whatever, I would get a set of tires that are good for, you know, kind of a little bit of off-road maybe, but like you really don't need it. Most street tires, as long as they're not like super thin, are fine off-road, unless you're really pushing it. Um, and then you would get a set of snow tires and then have them on two sets of wheels so that you can easily just swap them off uh, whenever winter comes around. And then you preserve the life of your snow tires because since they're, for them to work so well in the snow, they're a softer compound. So that softer compound, if you're not driving on the snow, wears out more quickly. Mm. In our situation, though, we've had a set of studded snow tires and our normal street tires, but it's so hard to predict where we're going to be and then to have to swap them out and like go pay the shop to swap them out because we don't want to store another pair of wheels and all that. It's just too much. So now... Um, we ordered a set of, what are they, Yokohama Geolander ATs, and they're rated, they have the um, star peak rating or whatever for, or the snowflake peak rating for um, efficacy in the snow, and it's a pretty good all-terrain tire, so it'll have some good tread on it and everything. And they're one of the only brands that make a tire that will fit on our 16-inch rim and not change the standard diameter of the Subaru. Our spare tire is uh, just, it's, it's big enough, it's like a full-size spare, so it fits in our spare tire compartment. If we were to go any bigger in diameter, then our spare wouldn't fit in that tire compartment. And with most cars, that's no problem. You can run a smaller, like you don't have to have a full-size spare. But since we have all-wheel drive, if you run different, even if your tires are worn differently, the difference in diameter can ruin your differential. That's so frustrating. Because like yeah. if we get a flat and we can't repair it, then we have to replace all of our tires. Maybe, but they can also shave off, um, tread off of the new tire to like balance it out. Because what so, a waste of tires. Yeah, so not necessarily, but um, yeah, so that's something to consider if you have an all-wheel drive car. So that considered, as far as our car goes, on a 16-inch rim to fit within, even though we have a 1-inch left, to fit within the um, fender well, it's about, we could go like an inch or two bigger, but then, like I said, we would have to replace the spare. And so then we'd have to buy five tires instead. We'd have to mount the spare tire like on the roof, and that's just more complexity than we wanted to deal with. So to get an all-terrain tire that's the same diameter as our current tires, is really difficult because most of them are a lot meatier. So you can get like a 15 inch rim with a um, slightly larger tire, but it's hard to find one in a 16 that um, like has some grip to it, like as a real all-terrain tire. There aren't very many of them. So we finally found these, the Yokohama Geolander ATs, and we're getting those put on probably like early this week. So then that will make us be able to like confidently trudge through all this snow because up until the last few times I've gone to town have been very stressful just because I have to maintain a ton of momentum and like drift all the corners so that we don't get stuck. There were as you were coming back this last trip into town you saw a truck getting stuck. Yeah big old F-250 all-wheel drive that was stuck like on the entrance of our off-roading turn. And then today, somebody, a couple Jeeps came by, and they got stuck just outside the camp. And they're, like, lifted and, like, ridiculous Jeeps. So it's not, it's no slouch. And the Subi doesn't have a ton of clearance, so we're pushing snow with the bumper everywhere we go. So it once is, we get these tires, it'll it's take... It's going to be, it'll feel a lot better. Yeah, because right now, it's intense. Like, every time I get back, I'm, like, like my shoulder was 
like felt like I injured it because I was so tense trying to drive back. So that's the tires and the Subi situation. So that'll be all good here early this week. And with, to stay warm, a lot of people asked us in the YouTube videos, like how we've been doing that. And somebody asked us what the dinosaur poop was that we were chopping up. Talking about the compressed logs. It's what? like, what? <laughs> um, but these logs, supposedly it's just extra sawdust from when they're like planing lumber and stuff. So it's like the byproduct of refining wood. The compressed logs are the byproduct of processing wood. And there's no filler in it, no wax, it says. No. It's all wood. And they just compress it with enough strength to where it stays together. And they're super heavy. Oh my gosh, they've dense. made such a difference in our wood stove. And we can cut a standard, I think it's a 12-inch log, something like that, into five pieces or so. so and if we cut them, if we have them any bigger than that, it gets it's like too so hot, in here. hot. Yeah. There's we've even been chopping them into about one to two inch sections. Overnight, the three inch kind of sections from the whole log, the pieces that we cut, the three inch sections are best overnight. But one to two inch discs, hockey pucks, those are perfect. Yeah. Our little stove is so tiny, but it has been killing it out here. I don't know what we would do without it. Oh my gosh, and the skirt that we have around the scamp because of the snow, that has made a huge difference. We've had so many people tell us that we need to get a skirt for the scamp, but that has been um, challenging to figure out because we move so often what would be something that would be effective, but also compact enough for us, us to put in the scamp and travel with. Then what do we do with it during the summer kind of thing? So um, it's been pretty wild to notice how effective this barrier of snow is around the entire base of the scamp it makes the floor so much warmer we should do that intentionally whenever it snows stack up snow around oh, for the sure. edges but we've never had enough snow to do this mm -hmm. maybe a couple times in colorado but yeah this is quite this a new just thing did it for us the scamp even above the tires is under snow the amount of snow when you took that photo it's I'm out here and it's unbelievable how much snow there is. It looks like we just plopped a, an egg into a pile of snow. Yeah. You it can't like, see the wheels. It's like the Battle of Hoth from Star Wars since we're in all white vehicles. It's oh, that's cool. cool. The power situation. It's been hard. Yeah, it's been really hard. We've had so much freaking snow and we've had so many clouds with that snow. Before it started snowing, in this spot and our last spot, we chose them intentionally to give us the most snow as, or the most sun as possible. And it was great. We really yeah. didn't, we haven't had any issues with power consumption mm -mm. for a long time. No. Since you were on the coast of Oregon when it was raining all the time. Yeah, that was difficult. But ever since then, we haven't had any issues. Until now, as we're in a blizzard. Normally we can go to town or even just be outside or whatever. But we've been pretty holed up in the scamp because we can't really go anywhere. It's hilarious. Yeah. And then we have low power. At least we have enough food, enough wood. But we've had enough power to run our iPads and stuff, but we just can't run our laptops really. Yeah, which is hard. We've got an awesome snow day video coming that I haven't been able to touch because I haven't been able to charge my laptop. And with the cold temperatures, our laptop batteries are drained overnight when it gets when they get too cold and so, this is perfect weather for me to be playing world of warcraft but i mean perfect weekend it's the yeah. holiday weekend doing whatever we want but we are just <laughs> <laughs> circumstances are crazy it's mm -hmm. it's awesome and funny yeah it's funny how it all works so we did buy for our yeti 1000 lithium we bought a the battery yeah we bought an MPPT module, which is a new, as far as I understand it, it's a more intelligent solar controller. It's supposedly, and by our experience, it's supposedly in overcast can boost your power coming in from the sun by up to 40% is what they claim. In our situation so far, it's been around 20%. Which is if you're getting 20 watts in, which is not very much. I mean, it's something, but not too much. Then you have 20%. Four watts. 
that's a pretty negligible difference. Kind of. And for a hundred bucks, I mean, I don't know how worth it it is, but in full sun, we were getting 15 watts extra, and that's, that's significant. significant. It just is so weird how panels and those kinds of things are advertised. We've got a 100-watt panel that can't bring in more than 75 maximum on a good day. We, I mean, have we ever seen it above 75? Maybe like 80 when we first got it. Not, I don't think even. So if they cannot... Un, how do they how do they rate them it could be inefficiency in the system so if you were measuring the power from the panel that the panel is generating directly behind where it's being generated without any conversion or cabling or whatever in perfect 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 conditions on top of everest or whatever it is then maybe it would make 100 watts that's stupid but in in reality they're about 60% of what they're advertised in our experiences, the Goal Zero ones. We've got a 100-watt panel and a 50-watt panel, Goal Zero. And on average, combined with that 150 watts, we get 75 on a good day together. So that's about 80. half. Yeah, 75, 80. It's pretty strange that that is the... But then, with the, so there are inefficiencies in the system, though. To kind of like mm -hmm. try to understand it. So with the different solar controller, the MPPT module, we're getting, I think we saw 95 the other day in full sun watts. Yeah, yeah, we did. It was amazing. And I haven't seen that number in a long time. I don't know that we've ever seen it that high. So with the sun being high in the sky, like this summer, with the MPPT, I bet we could get up over 100. And this is with a 100-watt panel and a 50-watt panel combined. Yeah, on a good day with full sun, we can liberally use as much power as we want. But with this storm and everything, we've had how many days? Since Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and before that, too, it was right. pretty cloudy. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, almost a whole week of cloudiness. Yeah, the MPPT, we were hoping to kind of offset that with. And it, it has helped thus far. We only installed it two days ago. But yeah. I think it would really, it would make more of a difference if you were running something like 400 watt panels. Yeah. Because then that 20% yeah. would really make a difference. But since we have so little space, even squeezing a few more watts out of both of our panels, I think is probably worth the money. We've been looking at other alternatives for collecting power. We could always get another battery. That would be a good thing if we were able to bring in a lot of sun all the time. So much so that we were over producing power. So then we'd need another battery to store it. Um, but in, I mean, if we were going to do something in like that, we would probably need to get more panels. Yeah. Because we've got enough storage, but we're not bringing in enough. But then we're dealing with... Not extra panels. Extra panels, not enough space to store them. I um, think what we could do, ideally, I guess, is if we can mount panels on top of the scamp, have some sort of pivot, because we generally will park the scamp in the same orientation toward the sun with the bed facing the sun in the morning. But the reason we haven't done that is because usually in the summer, we're doing a four-season kind of setup with the scamp always in different seasons so in the summer we always are wanting to park in the shade right so then mounted panels don't do us any good right so there's so many variables that go into choosing a solar setup you were looking at um bicycle pedals yeah, today or that yesterday? would be kind of cool yeah supposedly it can make up to 50 watts in, so i'm thinking an hour or what no continuously so over the course of an hour you'd put away 50 watt okay. hours okay um which is about a laptop battery can I say, my laptop battery takes about 125 watts when it's really low. As it gets more charged, it'll take less, but um, that means in an hour, it will take 125 watts out of our battery. Mm -hmm. So a panel bringing in 125 watts, that is measured in an hour, eh? Yes. Yes. So... Should we, we should probably talk watts and watt hours really quick just to like clear that up. You so, so badly want to talk about, <laughs> do a solar podcast. I know, podcast. I need to just make this a whole podcast. 
quickly so that you understand the language that we're speaking in. Amps times volts equals watts. Those two variables combined equals watts. So we'll just speak in watts because that accounts for both amps and volts. So just forget that amps and volts are a thing. Because most people talk in amps. Yeah. So for, but in talking in amps, like if you say you have a 12 amp hour system, then... That depends on the volts? Then, yeah, the power potential of that system is completely dependent on volts. So if you, if it was on a 120 volt system or 110, like a house, then that would be 10 times the power than if it were a 12 volt system. Like a car is 12 volt. Right. That is just, why does it have to be so complex it's like operating a manual camera settings yeah. all the different variables all are important and influence each other this is this almost makes more sense than that once you get it i think as long as you think in so watts is a measurement of energy consumption or generation like okay. that's so it, and just forget that volts and amps are a thing for okay. now and we'll, we'll just think in watts so and then watt hours are a measure of energy storage Mm-hmm. So with one watt hour of power, you could power a thing that pulls one watt for one hour. Okay. If it pulled two watts, you could power it for... Two hours. No. Oh, dear. <laughs> a half hour. Because oh, okay. it's pulling twice the energy. It's like that girl. <laughs> if, it were, if it were pulling you know a half that, of a watt... I get it. Then, okay, then two hours. Right. That girl who's like... How long does it take you to get at 60 miles an hour? How long does it take you to get from A to B? 60 miles. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I don't know. Poor girl. But it's kind of, it's it's confusing like that. But with... We've got a thousand watt hour battery. Which is equal to one kilowatt because kilo equals a thousand. Okay. And most of, in your house, most of how like your power consumption is measured is in kilowatts. Because it's so much. Right. So you're measuring in kilowatt hours of power used. In a lot of... Oh, the Teslas, those are kilowatts. Kilowatt hours. So the new, the new truck is rumored to be like a 250 kilowatt hour battery. Oh my God. Which is 250 times our 1,000. That's why I reserved one is because <laughs> we will never need a new solar system again. If we have one of those cars, it, for this lifestyle, those trucks make more sense like who else would it make more sense I don't know. to have a tesla it, truck and in the truck bed we could just have a fridge well or just f- five or ten People? solar panels we could store our friends in there it's but so we big could, we could have a whole set of portable solar panels oh my gosh because they say with the built-in solar panels on the truck like that covers the truck bed you can generate 15 miles of driving a day which is plenty for us. And I think we equated it to something like, what was it, 250 watt hours or more than that? I can't remember. Yeah, that would just be a ton of power to generate every day. Oh my gosh, I could tow five of these stamps plus. And then the clearance is crazy. I reserved the dual motor. We need to do a podcast on just the Tesla truck and solar power. If, can, the reason we haven't talked about solar in a video or podcast is because it's so complicated. We don't know how to deliver it in a way that would make sense for people who don't have any familiarity with solar. If that would be of interest to you. Several people have asked me. I know. So many people. Okay. But how a little do we bit, deliver A little it? bit more, like, let's just give it another, a Not little bit more information. Okay. So we, we understand watt hours, right? Like a small um, LED light bulb will pull around one watt of -hmm. power so you could run it that's not watt hour no oh if you run it for one hour the battery is watt hour correct so batteries are measured in watt hours consumption is measured in watts yes oh maybe that's the easiest way to put it just equate watt hours equals battery yes a small led light bulb let's say pulls one watt you can run it for one hour on one watt hour of power if you had two watt hours of power, you could run it for two hours. If the light bulb were to pull two watts, then you could run it for half an hour. Okay, see, so I was not wrong earlier. You just did the math backwards. Did I? Yeah. So to give you kind of context, our we have a little fan that pulls about three watts. 
So over the course of an hour, it would burn three watt hours. The Wii Boost pulls something like seven to nine watt hour, or watts. So over the course of an hour, it would burn seven to nine watt hours. Uh, cell phone, the battery within a cell phone has about a anywhere from like six to let's say nine watt hours of power. But where it gets kind of confusing is with the new USB-C charging, you can charge them with up to 60 watts of power, right? So you can dump 60 watts of power into it, but the battery itself is only holds, let's say, 8 watt hours. That what? it would charge in... Right, that's how it makes it quick charging, because it charges it super quick. So it would charge in, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Then do you blow out the battery if you're putting dumping that much no, because it, it regulates it. Okay. it. In the context of your laptop, like what got us on this rant, the laptop battery is something like 80 watt hours, but your computer charges at... 125-ish. Right. So if you were to have your laptop off and just charge it without it consuming any energy, it would take about, it would take less than an hour to charge because it's putting more than, if it were just at 80 watts that it was pulling from the battery, into the laptop's battery, then it would take an hour. But since it's pulling more wattage than the watt hours of the battery, it would take less than an hour to charge. Does that all make sense, kind of? Yes. You know what could be helpful is let us know if that made sense. If any of that made sense and where the muddiness is, and then we'll kind of go back in. That would be helpful. The different things that we could potentially get that we've looked at to help with our solar and power situation is the most obvious thing is a generator but then we would have to lug around a generator and generators use gas yeah and it's just kind of nice to be completely self-sufficient with the sun not yeah. require gas to fill up but we still have the car so we already have gas so a generator would make some sense yes because i cannot i just ugh, it, i don't like running the car yeah. just sitting letting the car sit idle charging our batteries in the back it just seems so wasteful well and it kind of is given that our the cords that we have only charge the batteries at 60 watts they have another cord that charges it at 120 watts but even then that's using such a small amount of the potential power that the alternator is making that um it's pretty it's wasteful but a car idling uses something like 0.2 if a four cylinder uses like 0.2 gallons per hour, which is not a lot of gas. But just the, I don't know, the sound of it kind of stresses me out, knowing that I, maybe I get it from grade school and stuff, the signs in the parking lot saying, don't let your car sit idle. I well, it feel is, like it's yeah. wrong. Well, it's, it's the same, all a generator is, like a small generator, is the same thing as a car. It's, yes, it's a motor, it's just, it's, just, it's just a smaller piston, smaller cylinder, and sometimes one or two cylinders. Mm -hmm. A car is multiple, it's like a big generator effectively. So we could get a generator. We could also get this link module that goal zero sells, but it's like 400 bucks. And what it does is it plugs into, you can either put it like, I think in between the battery, but I think it plugs onto the battery and then from there, you can use your car's battery um, with the alternator constantly charging it to charge your goal zero batteries at somewhere anywhere between 300 to 700 watts. That's a lot. Yeah. So with And it measures the voltage on your uh, car's battery to make sure that it doesn't dip it into any critical range. So with that we could charge our 1,000 watt hour battery in as little as two hours, as much as three. So while we're driving or whatever, we could top the battery off. And that would be incredible. So that's kind of, I think, for our situation, the best option. Because we could go with more panels, but then we don't have anywhere to store them. We could go with a bigger battery bank, like Goal Zero makes a, uh, they call them tanks, and they're just AGM batteries that will go behind the lithium battery, then we, we just need to make more power. Because I think our cumulative capacity is enough, we're just not making enough power to um, accommodate it. And then if we had the generator or the link module or whatever, 
then we wouldn't have to park in areas that have such full sun. So we could park in the forest or whatever and not really have to worry about it. Thoughts? That would be huge. Mm -hmm. So I think that's most of our considerations for solar right now. And that kind of moves us into where do we go next? Thing is, there's lots of variables and sun yes. being one of them. We just got a P.O. box in this area too, which is a nice thing to have. Not necessarily something to keep us here. It's hard because I feel like I really enjoy being out here. I really enjoy the winter weather. I think people on YouTube really enjoy seeing us winter camping. It's so quiet. Nobody is coming around. Whereas if we went to more, not more ideal, but just slightly... Warmer places? Yes, then more people will be there. So it, uh, camping spots will be busier. It'll be a thing to find places to be. And this is a fun challenge. But it's it almost like if it dumped another two feet on us, that would be, we would be stuck. Yes, we're kind of teetering on the line of safety versus survival. And to be clear, that wasn't our intention. No. We, we didn't think that this much snow would fall and this is irregular. No, and it is so, um, it changes this, the weather out here is so constantly changing that it's you can't really rely on um, the weather channel or these weather apps maybe i don't have a very good weather app well i think part of it is that the um, ocean is so close oh so that's so just... these storms form over in the ocean and then they move in like into land and it's hard to forecast exactly what those are going to look like once they cross over onto land and then being so close to the mountains, that's another variable that jacks it all up. Mm -hmm. We are, um, it gives us the weather for the closest town, but we are close to the base of the mountains, which is really giving us a big difference in weather compared to the close towns. But I just, I, as long as we have a way to get in and out, with good tires, as long as our car can handle that, so that we can get food, so that we can make sure we have wood for the stove. Because we're fine in, uh, I think we had uh, single digit temperatures a couple nights ago, uh, for a few nights in a row actually, and it's fine. It's we're not even uncomfortable it. really. No, with both of us, uh, we have to get up and load the stove a couple times through the night. With both of us next to each other and with camp, it's very comfortable. But Our with the compressed bedding, logs, like last night, we I loaded it at 2.30. Uh, they last for three or four hours, the coals yeah. do. Yeah. And then you can easily put another chunk of wood on top, and usually with just a little bit of uh, a fire starter, it'll, it'll go right up. I really enjoy being in this spot. Circumstances are interesting because we kind of don't have a way out of this spot at this time, so... We'll have to see what happens with the weather. So we have a way out with the car, how it stands, but it's sketchy because we don't have snow tires. Right. But the scamp itself, like there's no chance right now that we could pull the scamp out. Yeah, variables are interesting. I feel like we're going to have to be, if forest rangers came in here, they would definitely understand our circumstances and be kind of lenient because we're going to have to surpass, surpass our 14-day limit just with the weather. We haven't even seen a forest ranger out here. We haven't seen anyone out here. Just a few people coming by. I don't know where else I'd rather be. I just want to make sure that we are safe here. With the weather being very unpredictable, it is... I don't know. Is but it a up good until, idea? up until now, it was no problem. Ideal. It dusted snow one time, and then it dumped two feet. To be fair, that was the end of fall. And now yeah. we are entering the dead of winter. So yeah. we'll just have to see. It's funny the different things that people say about this area in town. Locals will say that, oh yeah, it's weather's crazy out here, or oh yeah, it's this is a nice place to be. It's always sunny. Yeah, it's super moderate. <laughs> nobody really, maybe nobody's actually a local. But yeah, I don't know where we would go. We've been talking about northern Utah or southern Utah. Yeah, we had some really good spots in Utah. California is just so expensive that we're not really called to go there. Mm -hmm. Unless we just took the car and left the scamp somewhere. And... Yeah, I would definitely love to explore Northern California, but I am I just don't really have the desire to... I mean, it's not even gas that it, that's expensive. It's, well, gas it's, is, It seems like as else. soon as you cross the state line, e groceries, gas, 
it just general stores. Why is that? And lots of people. It's huge, huge state. It's like yeah. its own country. So yeah, as far as where we'll go next, we're not sure. I guess there's still a lot of Oregon to explore too. For sure. It sounds like there's a an awesome desert to the east, right? I guess. Desert area. It sounds it's Oregon is so cool. I really love the culture and the people out here too. It's a great place to be. I don't want to leave. So maybe we'll just go deeper into the desert and then that won't be as gnarly. But we'd still like some snow because it's a fun adventure. But if we're getting several feet of snow at a time, that's just kind of uh, sketchy. Update on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was just a few days ago. When I went into town to load up on groceries, my plan had been for a few days... Uh, just to preface this, I haven't been eating a whole lot of dairy intentionally. Almost none. Yeah, and it's been great. I felt great. So, for Thanksgiving, of course, I wanted to go and get a ton of cheese and meats and have a charcuterie board. It's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, so I, what, did I get like five, four or five different cheeses, three different salamis, nitrate-free. Oh, it was so good. So we kind of ate that every day for several days. Oh, I dreamt that it would be a lot different than it was with the storm. I was thinking you'd be playing video games, I'd be crafting, we'd have the charcuterie board on the counter with the wood stove going. It'd be nice and lovely. We'd have but all the sun. We were freezing. It was cold. We were just laying in bed. We hadn't been sleeping as much because of the, um, I don't know, I was all stressed the snow. out was, with the it's snow. It's sketchy, yeah. So we just kind of laid in bed and were questioning our lives. And watching, what did we watch? We watched a bunch of 90s movies, The Matrix, Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks 2. <laughs> what was the, another one? We watched C, which is highly recommended. The Morning Show, mm. Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. Yeah, so really the charcuterie board ended up being charcuterie plates. I just threw the meat and cheese on plates. and We ate them with crackers. And I got delicious. a bunch of stuff and vegetables to make hummus, but our battery was so low that I didn't want to use our magic bullet to make hummus. So that didn't happen. But we had Kahlua and whiskey. We've just been kind of drinking all day long throughout this whole storm. <laughs> it's been really Not fun. Not like a lot. We had a small bottle of whiskey and a bottle and of Kahlua. Kahlua. Um, it was really fun though. We have a bunch of canned foods and a bunch of nut butters that company, what's their name? Ground Up from Portland. Yeah. They sent us a bunch. They sent us a bunch of different delicious nut butters, like a snickerdoodle nut butter and several other things. So we have plenty of food and ramen, all kinds of stuff in case we really couldn't get in or out for a while. Oh yeah, we've got so much food always that would last us for such a long time but a bunch of cans always, of sardines we love to go into town and get fresh produce, bread yeah <laughs> produce fruit vegetables always like to have fresh greens on us if we can get those we're lucky right now we're close to um and a tiny health food store and they tend to be a little bit more expensive when they're tiny and local like this but that's been nice. So we've yeah. been able to have whatever vegetables we want and need. But Thanksgiving was good. Oh, those it was guys. Just kind of stressful. <laughs> those guys who helped came in to check on us. The mom of the family is due any. She maybe has had the baby by now, but pregnant oh, yeah. as you pregnant as you can be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so pregnant. Um, they came. Helped us out. The next day on Thanksgiving, they had volunteered in town at the community Thanksgiving dinner. And they drove back on Thanksgiving Day and brought us two full Thanksgiving meals. And, oh my gosh, my heart just about combusted. Yeah, it was like, guys, don't, just don't be so nice because we feel guilty. <laughs> I know. What do we have to give you? <laughs> and you said food as they're bringing us food. Right. <laughs> So that was amazing. We still got to participate in classic Thanksgiving food, thanks to them. Yeah, that was super nice. But it's been it's been stressful, but it's fun. It's kind of a it's a weird. I mean, thing. the line of survival and safety is fun to teeter on yeah. for a while, and then it gets to be. I mean, that's kind of what that was during the just the heavy heavy snowfall. It was. 
uh, pretty intense. And to be clear, it's not like we're trying to push it and be stupid. Like, that's not at all our intention. The, with where we are, everything that we've gathered from locals and everything, everybody said that the snow falls and then melts out within, you know, mm -hmm. one or two days. So our thinking was, okay, if it snows for three days at three to six inches a day, then over the next day or two, it'll all be melted out and that's like no problem. But with the two feet of snow, um, and then snowing another three inches last night, a day or two days later, it's not at all what we had anticipated or what we were kind of warned about. So it's not that we're intentionally risking everything. It's just like <laughs> this just worked out how it did and we can't get the scamp out of here. So now it's like, how do we navigate this with the set of variables that we have? And the first thing is some dope snow tires and we'll get those on and then we'll kind of navigate from there. But yeah, it's stressful, it's fun, but it's like, it's a lot. We may need to do a bunch of digging mm -hmm. if we can't get out. Yeah, last oh. thing. A uh, last thing, it's our three year scampiversary today. We moved into the scamp exactly three years ago on this day, December 1st. So if we were to average a thousand dollars a month on the low end. For us combined? Yeah. Which is nothing. Yeah. It, it, I'm just saying, like, low, low. We would have saved, a, what, 40 grand so far? I mean, 36 months Yeah. would be $36,000 at $1,000 a month. That's correct. Double that. Let's say each of us, cost of living a month is $1,000. Even still, that's pretty generous. Yeah. What is that? 72? Yeah thousand dollars that we have saved in three years i don't know i'd say that's pretty pretty big number yeah and that it's not that we've just like stacked up because we're not like working as many hours or like well, as much money as yeah we that's there. the thing is that that was part of our decision to do this was so that we could spend time doing what we want and creating and living instead of working in order to pay for our cost of living. We've lowered our cost of living so that we don't have to be slaves at the workplace. It's and it's working. Great. And YouTube especially is gaining momentum. Yeah, I'm still putting money into savings every month. I've saved more money than I ever could in the city just because we have such a low cost of living. And yet we still are able to splurge on health food. I've never bought such frivolous food like we do now grocery f runs and stuff are a blast <laughs> and i mean that's that's what i don't know i like that that's the trade-off yeah do you think we'll do it for another three years i can't see my i mean the tesla truck doesn't even come out for two so we have to at least do it until then <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that that would make it Too way cool epic yeah can you imagine? Okay, go to Baron's Instagram, Baron Link, at Baron Link, to see the image that I photoshopped of the Cybertruck and the Scamp. It looks ridiculous, but it also is awesome. Mm -hmm. We would have to dope out the Scamp a little bit. Yeah, paint, we'd wrap it matte black to match our matte black Cybertruck. <laughs> get some big old tires. We and... would be so set. I want to have land really bad so that we can have a space for people to come out and learn and so that we can grow food, store food, etc. But also if some crazy, okay, I've been kind of looking at prepper stuff recently. <laughs> if something happened and we had a cyber truck and a scamp, we're set. We're Aside so set. Food. But that, I mean, let's just get back to our original forager hunter-gatherer nature yeah. that humans are so learn we, how to forage yeah. and then we're set we have lost that ability to gather food from the earth i mean i don't know like anything about it i'm so lost in it that would be pretty ideal so we have to at least be in the scamp for that long so we yes. can have a cyber truck if uh the only other thing that could get me i feel like back into a city at this point in the foreseeable future is if one of us got some epic 
job opportunity short term needed to go stay in town for a few months to go work at a place I don't like know. what uh like if biolite wanted mm, us to go and produce some sort of video content for them okay go stay wherever their headquarters are and make those like, or like that make would be, a documentary yeah that something. would be a situation where i would be cool with going but then I, I, as soon as we got in and settled in there it would be oh we would just be craving getting back out here to the scamp that's how it works every time like for a couple of days it's like oh we have running water this is so shower and a giant bed and then it's like oh get me out of here i want to go back to the scamp where we have all of our things and well, a lot of that has to do with the amount of people that come with city life city. Yeah. if we had an off-grid place with all those things that would be yeah. a different experience but it's not often that we do that but even if so if we got land that's the that's the goal if we did that we would probably keep the scamp and live in it at least until we built something there and even then we would keep the scamp and mm -hmm. use it to travel in yeah we don't have any plans to sell the scamp ever it wouldn't be worth the money that we would get from it because we've we beat this thing up so bad that i don't know who would want it I mean, a lot. If we said on YouTube we're selling the scamp, who wants it? There, yes. Well, there, there would, would be, be interest. interest. <laughs> yeah. But no way. We're gonna keep this thing forever. It's got a hole in the roof for our wood stove. It's the best. This yeah. is the best. Happy three-year scamp anniversary. Yeah. We did it. An intelligent decision that made you cry initially, <laughs> but it worked out. This getting this camp? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big decision. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, let's figure out what we're going to say in a solar podcast. Yeah. That'll take a little while. And let us know um, in the comments if you go to normal to normal, the number two nomad.com slash podcast, you can click on this podcast and it'll have all the show notes. I don't really know what we'll have for this one, but it'll have all the show notes. And then at the bottom of that, you can comment in there comment anything that you're curious about as far as solar goes any questions that you want answered and anything that like in this description of how it works was muddy and we'll just kind of try to work through it and make it make sense and on whatever podcast app you're listening i think it's apple podcasts go ahead and rate us rate on, this yeah, podcast any of them. if it feels good to rate us a five star rating that would really only rate us if it feels good to give us a five star <laughs> if, if you don't like it then just message us and tell us how we can improve it yeah because it does kind of really suck to get a bunch of negative reviews but it helps out if you um give us a go good ahead review. and rate us so cool that's all we have for you today i hope you had a great holiday week end and we'll see you in the next one yep bye Thank you for listening to this episode. For more information and links to the things we talked about, check out our show notes at normal2nomad.com slash podcast. If you want to see more of what we're up to, we've documented our travels on YouTube for the past three years and are up to a quarter of a million subscribers. Check it out at youtube.com slash Please give us a five-star review if you like the show so other people can find it. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.